welcome to episode 26 of the ADV podcast. We have a very important, as usual, episode for you today. When is it not important? Yeah. Well, we're going to be catching you up on a lot of things that have been happening in China first. So our What's New segment is going to be uh, quite a bit longer today. And then we're going to move into the main topic, which is all about how uh, there's this state-sponsored IP theft um, program that comes out of China. Anyway, um, before we get started, you might notice that we're a little red I'm always red, but mm. finally I have an excuse. Yeah, uh, maybe we I'm can... in pain. For I those for those of you who aren't uh, familiar, you know, we of course our main focus is always China throughout our channels, but we do have a car channel, mm-hmm. and I finally kind of fixed up a, a car, and we decided we go out and film them yesterday, and it was hot, hot, hot. I mean, take a look at the uh, the, the the heat waves; you can just see how ridiculous it was. Anyway, when you drive around in an open, you know, the t-tops open. In the middle of the day, for three or four hours, like we did yesterday, it tends to give you a bit of a sunburn. It certainly does, and you know what's funny? It's because it wasn't that hot temperature-wise. Yeah. You actually don't feel it, so you yeah. get home, and then like after dinner, you're just like, well, "Do I have a fever?" Yeah. What's Holy going on? crap! But the funny thing is, you can see this part hasn't yeah. tanned or gotten red, so I have that <laughs> kind of like mask tan line. <laughs> Very period correct. Yeah, absolutely. You know? The reason we had to wear masks is because our cars are wide open, so when you're at stoplights and stuff, there's people walking around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Very we can't. You can't take a chance. We were going down. By the coast and you drive very slowly and there are a lot of cyclists and you come to a stop very often like you say people walking past and uh you have to wear a mask for mm-hmm. that reason because remember someone's this close to you and your t-top what if open? some homeless guy just runs up to you asks for change or something yeah, exactly. could be right in your face anyway so that's the reason uh we're going to start with what's new we have to talk a little bit about um what's going on in china there have been fresh outbreaks which don't seem to make the news but here we have a, a fresh outbreak where was it again in I should probably play it on the screen. Oh, I should probably play it on the screen. Is that the first clip? It is the first clip. Okay, cool. Just making sure. So, um... Fresh outbreak. In Wuhan again. Uh, I would like to preface this by saying uh, I get patron messages and emails every day talking about the real figures coming out of China. Mm. That was something that we were able to contest with reliable data from people on the ground in China when it first came out. Sure. But now it's so tightly controlled... What I tell people is that all the citizen journalists are gone. They've been yes. arrested. Mm-hmm. They've censored every word related to coronavirus now at this point. Yeah. And everything is so tightly restricted that you're not getting reliable information out of it at all. It's, it's almost impossible. Yeah. So occasionally we see little leaks. Anyway, this was uh, May 12th, I believe. Is that correct? Yeah. So th- what set this off was I saw in Harbin. Remember when we went to Harbin? Yeah, yeah. There's full military on the streets because there's so many cases right now. Mm-hmm. They're just preventing anyone from going out. Mm-hmm. Um, this one just came out very, very recently. Well, this is in Wuhan, right? It's in Wuhan. In, yeah. uh, what, what was it called? We wrote it down. Oh, yeah. Sing- uh, this was in... Sorry, it's at the bottom here. Yeah, there we go. Sanmin community. Yeah, that's right. And they took away 180 people for quarantine, but that's public data for 180 people in quarantine. I also saw some footage of them, police taking people away from their apartments at night. Yeah. Um, So this is what they're doing, efforts to control the narrative. Here's here's the whole thing about this, right? It's been since, um, Mm. what was it, March 28th that they banned foreigners from coming into China. Correct. So they can't blame it on foreigners anymore. I mean, these new outbreaks that are happening, they can't say, oh, it's because foreigners have just come in again. I mean, they couldn't say that to begin with, but that's yeah. what they said. They were saying <laughs> yeah. that when 99 or 90-something percent of all the cases that were uh, happening in China, that were kind of reappearing in China, were from Chinese people actually returning from abroad, not sure. foreigners. <laughs> so what they did is they didn't ban Chinese people from abroad coming home, but they banned entry to all foreigners, for those of you who aren't aware. 
But up until recently, they've still been blaming all the new cases on foreigners. Mm-hmm. That's why we had that huge xenophobic thing happening in Guangzhou. Mm. All the anti-African stuff, no blacks allowed, no blacks being served, no foreigners allowed. Uh, because that's the narrative is that no, it's not China. It's not China's fault. It's a it's a foreign issue. Yeah, I mean, you know, the t- the whole timeline. If we go through this, mm-hmm. uh, you can pull up the photo that we're about to talk about. The whole timeline, mm-hmm. um, you know, we went through was, yes, it was uh, found in Wuhan. Let's blame Wuhan. Yeah. Oh, actually, uh, maybe it wasn't, but we think maybe it was from wet markets. Let's shut down wet markets. Oh, actually, no, it probably came from abroad. Let's blame Italy. Oh, actually, probably Japan. Oh, actually, France. America. Yeah. And then now France. Now the state kind of pushed the idea that it was from the American military and yes. it was state-sponsored yes. tweets and yeah, all this kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah. And then they told their citizens that and we've cordially talked to people, uh, mm. dear friends of ours in China that are not mad at the West or mad at us for for this happening, sure. but they fully believe or at least entertain the idea yeah. that it definitely came from the US. It's it's actually quite disturbing because you know, <clears throat> I know lots of Chinese people who are saying, yeah, no, it definitely came from, mm. the, the, from America. Mm. It was found there first now. Um, but there are other people that, even though they're super smart and intelligent, they're like, yeah, um, well, we can't prove it didn't come from the U.S. Well, they're not consuming thing. any yeah. other idea. Yeah. So it leads to things like this, like this sign up in Wuhan at the, the market now saying, um, in order to prevent catching or spreading the American pneumonia virus, you can see the, the characters there say, Meiguo, it's the American virus, you must wear masks, etc., etc. So now, the, even in the public, they are... Uh, kind of labeling it the American virus Even in China. Wuhan. Yeah, in Wuhan, where it came from. Uh, so just to let you know that this is working incredibly well, the CCP's narrative that this virus is not their fault and has nothing to do with uh, China. It's actually a, a foreign devil thing. You know, um, it, originally it was like China giving a middle finger to the West with their wolf warrior diplomacy saying, no, it actually didn't come from here. But now the uh, we've been, I think a lot of people have been ignoring the actual soft power within China, convincing their own citizens that has yeah. actually worked. Yeah. It has sparked debate in the West where I would say the majority of people are like, that's ridiculous, go screw yourself, CCP. Sure. Whereas in China, that actually worked. Because there's only one news source. Yeah, right. so it, it's, it's worked very well for the CCP. Um, okay, cool. Let's see what's next on the list. Yeah, we have a bunch of good... We have some funny stuff, too. Yeah, yeah, it can't it's just not, all be all doom, doom and gloom. gloom. This, this is, is semi-funny? It's kind of funny. Feel uh, bad. Yeah, you can explain what happened here. So this guy, he is a famous opera singer from uh, China, but he moved abroad. I mean, he goes back all the time. Yeah. Uh, Well-loved within China and abroad. Mm-hmm. Uh, very supportive of the CCP. Yeah, so he's a TikTok, right? Uh, this is Douyin. Okay, yeah, yeah, Douyin, Douyin, which, which is, is TikTok. TikTok. It's TikTok. Yeah. It's the same thing. So he is the... He's a prime example of a person in his 50s or 50s or 60s that is very supportive of his country, very Aigua, as we say, nationalist. Yeah, very nationalist. But also happy-go-lucky and quite mm. friendly looking. Sure. Uh, like I said, he's very well-renowned as a good opera singer. Yeah. And part of his repertoire when he sings in China is nationalist songs or mm-hmm. Honggu, as we say, which means red songs. Yes. Pro-communism songs. So he uh, gets contacted by some officials. Yeah. Well, that went yeah. through Douyin <laughs> to report his account based on his avatar. Yeah. And what, let's ask the audience, we'll give him five seconds. If you look at his picture, who does he look like? Yeah. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> okay, time's <laughs> up. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. He looks like Xi Jinping. Yeah. Right? So he's actually banned because his avatar, they, they mm. said that he was basically uh, using the avatar of Xi Jinping. You're not allowed to. Right. So because he looks so much like Xi Jinping, they banned him. But the the, <laughs> the really nice kind of uh, nice guy that he is, yeah. he didn't blame anyone. 
no. although he has a massive account. Yeah. So he contacts uh, the officials. He contacts Douyin as well, and he says, "You know what? If it's not a big deal, I'm you know I'm clearly not using Xi Jinping's avatar. Yeah. I guess I guess I look look like him." So a lot of people were were looking into this. He's never once claimed he looks like him. No. Nope. No one even pushes this narrative. No. Douyin and the officials went after him for this. And as far as I know, uh, his account, as of right now, is still gone, yeah. um, based on the fact that he looks like Xi Jinping. So, China, the Chinese government is so insecure that someone may look like someone. Yeah. You know, not on purpose. May look like someone that he may be mistaken for the dear, amazing leader. And this is the、yeah. pedestal we're looking at that they put well, their leaders put on. Put it into another perspective. Let's just say、um, that you you look like、uh, Obama, or you、mm-hmm. look like Trump, or something.、Uh, you very. I, I think I resemble Obama. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And you make your normal social media post. Got nothing to do with politics. Nothing to do with anything. It's your own thing. Opera singing and stuff. And the government comes and shuts down your account, says you may not have an account because you look like the president. I think it's important to make that <laughs> comparison because、yeah. you, you got to understand how ridiculous that is. Yeah, everybody who is、uh, trying to support China and the the, the CCP, <laughs> and when I say China, I mean the CCP government. You have to understand that these are the people you're supporting, people that cannot even accept a lookalike. Right, having their own opinion online because it might somehow tarnish their great leader's image. And I, I, devil's advocate, really、mm-hmm. quickly, actually not even devil's advocate, but the the discussion around this on Chinese internet, people are baffled, and it shows you the disconnect. There's actually quite a big disconnect between the populace and the government here. When the government makes such such a knee jerk, retarded, ridiculous example, yeah. You're looking at something like this, and you look at the Weibo post, and people are like, "Are you kidding me? This、sure. like nice opera singer that represents our country abroad?" You yeah. Know? Yeah. Huge disconnect. Yeah. Poor guy. But、crazy. anyway, I don't think I want to finish this up. I don't、sure. think that this is going to be a permanent ban. No, sure.、Um, it'll probably come back, but it's just ridiculous. Yeah. Totally. Like okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> let me explain something. Sure. So. If you guys have watched my last video, I covered the propaganda Chinese propaganda on TikTok. Yeah. Now. I have to say this because a lot of people are not of the age demographic that they will be on TikTok.、Mm-hmm. Personally, if it, if I weren't dealing with Chinese media, I wouldn't be on TikTok either. Sure.、Right? But you have to understand how prevalent this app is around the world right now. It's one of the most popular social media apps in the whole world,、mm-hmm. and Chinese propaganda, CCP propaganda, has infiltrated it so deeply that when you go on the For You page, which is kind of like the home page of YouTube, right,、mm-hmm. you will be inundated. With soft power propaganda, so I cover I covered that we covered I covered some white people that were doing it for China. I、yeah. covered、uh, a lot of this stuff, soft power stuff. And there was this anthropology professor that keep kept popping up, <laughs> and I covered his circular reasoning. He basically goes out there to say like the CCP is great, and we should just you know always question like what. You, do you think I'm Chinese? It's <laughs>、uh, a hard question to answer, isn't it?、Yeah. So I wanted to give you guys a treat that had watched that video. I pulled up, I found another video that he did, and I hope you guys enjoy the circular reason. Yeah, so we're gonna play it and try and make sense of it. Convert people's belief in, in many ways. Education. One of the part of the education and apology is to let you see there are alternatives. They are different people. They are different beliefs, and they believe they see the same thing differently. If you stay in a narrow-minded cultural context, you tend to see things, you know, in binary, and that makes a huge difference. So, I mean, is this guy's name Daniel? 
It could be. Just just, could just be. asking. Now, he, he always says these truth bombs. Mm. And one of the, my favorite ones from my video was, what you, be, uh, what you believe is not what you believe, or something like that. <laughs> this is, there are different people with different beliefs who see things differently. Now, do you remember when, so what was the initial question of this video? Uh, do Chinese people eat water? No, it was, that, that was a separate one. This one was, um, is it right? To, is it okay to eat? Is it, oh, yeah. is it okay to eat? Yeah. So this is uh, what we've learned. Did we, did we answer the question? No. <laughs> no, you see, that, this, is, this is a tactic I've seen employed um, by a lot of people who defend the CCP, is when posed, well, given a, presented with a question, a very simple question, they will go on these kind of like pseudo-intellectual mm. um, lectures about, you know, think about this and what about that and put yourself in these shoes and, and it's, it's healthy to have a different perspective and, and what would happen if you had to have an uncomfortable thought about something and by the time they finish their garbage, they still haven't answered the question. No. But all they've made it, they've tried to confuse you right. and try to make you feel inferior for asking the question. Right. That's the whole thing that they're trying to do, shut you down through this r like ridiculous double speak mm. so yeah anyways. and that's this whole narrative anyway yeah. the whole point is on tiktok there are so many things like this but i've uncovered mm. not to spoil the next video mm. i've uncovered a much more sinister one that i'm gonna cover next sure. week cool all right so that, that lovely truth bomb <laughs> okay we have to uh follow up we've mm -hmm. spoke about this in the previous podcast about how the cbc the canadian broadcast corporation made a hit piece on the epoch times called them uh, said that they were spreading rumors and that they were racist and mm. all this kind of nonsense. You did a follow-up video where mm -hmm. you went more in depth into yeah. it, but things have happened since then. And we wanted to talk a little bit about it. So um, well, let's give them a refresher. Yeah. Go for it. A refresher of the video. Yeah. Oh, okay. Watch this. But it did seem to allude to conspiracy theories, like, you know, maybe it was manufactured, this virus was manufactured in a lab. Well, no, we know scientifically that's just not true. The special edition of the paper explores the idea that COVID-19 was created as a bioweapon in a lab by the... Okay, um, <laughs> those of you who are here last time will remember our good friend with the, the very badly uh, drawn picture of a horse in the background i apologize if that was like her three-year-old daughter that drew it for her but whatever we're gonna um, need a question like what is art yeah exactly you know? um but in the article um as you heard they said the article said that it was a bioweapon they actually used that word manufactured in a lab and a bioweapon which is actually not in the article not only that this mm -hmm. woman we called her karen yeah this woman claimed the exact same thing so that that legitimately means that either she didn't read the article because there's not one mention of it in there or she was reading off a script now we actually found out something about uh this woman um maybe you want to fill people in what is it that she does we... so i when i tried to contact her because i was i was deeply concerned about this yeah um, and when they put out two of the exact same things mm -hmm. like smearing the the epic epoch times yeah we both of us were discussing why would you put out the exact same video with different people in the same yeah. scenario. It's too too weird. Yeah. So we're digging in and we're trying to make contact. We make contact with one of the uh, mailmen, which we'll show, talk about later. But this yeah. woman I tried to contact, um, she's a web designer. Yes. And so I used her just public email form. Just wanted to ask her some questions, but she didn't reply. Mm -hmm. What we did find out was uh, a nice 
subscriber from the same area of Canada as this person. It's a, it's a very small, sort sure. of small town area. Its primary investor is a uh, CCP-backed wine company. Yes. Who the... this person was doing web development for, building the website for this, right? And this the tie here is a little suspicious. We won't make any claims, obviously. Well, but Look... The CCP comes in, invests in the vineyards there because they do ice, ice, wine. ice wine. I think it was right. $8 million. $8 million. That's so right. they invest the money in and then they get her to build the website. Mm. And here she is parroting the CCP narrative. It sounds a little bit too good to be true. Sure. You know, it's a little bit too That's as far as we can go on. That. We're not going to say it's outright, but like we did find that out and that does make some sense. Um, so, yeah, keep going. Okay, Notice how you can't read the article. We pointed this out last yeah, time. Yeah, exactly. But the rest of the video is quite clear. I mean, I right. can see that, that, that horse picture in the background. Well, in my video when I did the follow-up, I actually let the people read it. <laughs> yeah. But so they're saying that they, they did this hit piece and said, okay, the bioweapon thing, which is actually not true. Right. Um, and then after the bioweapon thing... They, uh, yes. Yeah. So there's not much we can tell you guys about this, but what we do know is that the postman that they interviewed and blurred out because they were just so offended... Yeah. Uh, for handing out this newspaper that said bad things about the CCP. Their claim was that uh, it is racist to be against the Communist Party of China. Yes. Right? Yeah. And I was actually under the impression that maybe these people were, in fact, um, told to say this. Yeah. But it turns out that maybe, it, um, again, not too much detail, maybe it was actually their own opinion. Sure. Which shocks me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But there's been a lot of backlash. And what happened was, uh, finally, the mm -hmm. CBC, Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, had to make uh, a, retraction. a retraction. So they basically said, okay, your article didn't say that it was bioweapon. Yeah. We were wrong. Yeah. And maybe it was in poor taste to, to title this that, like, Canadians are offended. Because if we pull up a little data here. Yeah. Take a look. At the moment, this is what how Canadians feel about China, how they view China. You know, look, at least from my understanding as an outsider, I've always seen Canadians as super, like, bleeding heart, liberal, love human rights and democracy and, you know, caring people. I'm not trying to say this in a condescending way. I'm trying to say the Canadians that I know, uh, at least, all seem to sort of put humanity above everything else and being sure. humane and, you know, being good people and good Dudley do rights, you know what I mean? Sure. That kind of thing. Um, and so, of course, when things start to happen and you start to have these realizations on how China does deal with human rights um, and they captured those uh, Canadians, one of them our friends, the two Michaels, and they've done all these things in retaliation to the, the whole Huawei thing, of course, people's public opinion of China is going to start changing. Um, and in fact, it was very positive, but it kind of, we'll, we'll go, show you. Yeah, yeah, go to the next slide. But this is currently, uh, you know, um, according to the Angus Reid Institute, 14% um, favorable. And don't forget that a massive pop portion of the population in Canada are Chinese. Mainland Chinese. Mainland Chinese. Uh, something like 5.8%. It was 5.8%. Yeah. So you can take that 5.8% and d minus it away from the 14%. Yeah, and the remainder that's left over is probably going to be naturalized Chinese people that have become Canadian citizens. I mean, anyway. and a huge pushback yeah. uh, were from Chinese Canadians that yeah. have naturalized yeah, exactly. against this. And I say pushback against this stupid CBC thing that they did. Yeah, they're like that's not racist. <laughs> exactly. Um, anyway, let's, let's look at the trend. It's yeah. quite interesting, and it plays into your idea that Canadians have been quite open-minded. Look at yeah. 05. If you look yeah. at 2005, between 2005 and 2000, let's say so, 2000. Nine. That was China's golden period that we talk yeah. about, yeah. right? And yeah, it was fairly favorable. Yeah, you know, the thing is, that's around about the time I got to China, 2006. So mm. right in the beginning, like February of 2006. Yeah. And 
China was a different place. It was. And the dealings China had with the world at that time was very different. Mm. Things were changing rapidly. And so that's why I think the world just altogether decided that they would forgive a lot of the sort of missteps of the past mm -hmm. because they could see the promise for the future. Mm. So it's kind of like, oh, yeah, you screwed up. Yes, you did have these horrible communist programs that killed your own people. People died and had to resort to cannibalism and stuff and all that kind of nonsense. But guess what? That's in the past. You're improving now. You're opening up. Everybody's friends. We love you. You love us. Let's keep going. And so, the, look, 58% of and people it, are favorable. It's directly correlated mm. with the way that Chinese people treated us in China as well. Yeah. Uh, it was a very positive experience at that sure. time in that period. Sure. Because everyone was uh, happy. They were making money. And they knew that the cooperation with the Western world was a good thing. Yeah. And so did we. Right? Yeah. See where it starts to really decline, though? It's mm. like when the, the whole Huawei thing starts happening. I mean... All these, things there, starts busting out there's all sorts rule. of things that just started to to come together all at the same time you know all these corruption scandals that were you know when it comes to immigration scandals yeah. with canada because canada's got a very um easy to exploit um immigration system if you have a lot of money mm. so the thing is there are a lot of corrupt officials in china who have a lot of money and mm. a lot of corrupt businessmen and stuff those are not the kind of people you actually want going to your country no. But those are the people that could exploit the system to go to Canada. Those are the people buying up all the homes in your neighborhood and leaving them vacant and driving up the property prices, you know, that kind of thing, which doesn't help people's favorability of yeah. a certain type of people. If you look at immigration, mm -hmm. and we're not anti-immigration at all, do not No, that. no, this I'm very is... pro-immigration if it's done correctly. But listen, listen, mm -hmm. so like if you have, if you take China out of the equation, if you're talking yeah. about a country in Europe or Japan, let's say yeah. Japan, yeah. okay, a Japanese immigrant, let's say that they're wealthy. Yeah. There is a good chance that they're highly educated. Mm -hmm. There's a good chance that they probably do some sort of business or something like that, right? There's a good chance that if they're choosing to immigrate to a different country, yeah. that their principles are correct and they're good and they mm -hmm. will integrate in some way, shape, or form and they won't be uh, a corrupt criminal dictator in their yeah. own country. Yeah. But when you put China into this, and that's how most countries look at it, right? Yeah. They want to attract talent, wealthy talent to their country. Any yeah. country wants Sure, that. sure. When you look at China, the worst people tend to have the most money Correct. because they're in the government and yeah. they're laundering money abroad. Yeah. So that's the problem with Chinese immigration when you're talking about CCP officials moving abroad. Well, I mean, that's we had a good laugh because uh, quite a this is a number of years back. But, um, you know, we, there's a story and we went through a whole lot because there was that huge they uncovered that huge immigration scandal where what was happening was uh, Chinese people wanted a Canadian citizenship so they could get the benefits of having a Canadian citizenship. Sure. So that means free schooling, free health care, right. all that kind of crap. But they didn't want to live in Canada. So what they do is they do this kind of scam where they go there, leave, then mail their passports back. And then like a, an agent would pretend that they were receiving money. They'd obviously be paying for this. Would like fraud, fraudulently make stamps, entry and exit stamps in their passport and stuff. And their passport would just stay there in Canada and they'd use like all these little tricks to trick the system. So the person could just carry on with their life in China. And then after however many years, they would suddenly become a Canadian citizen because their passport had been there and been stamped all the time. But they would still send their children to get the free schooling and stuff. Healthcare. And free healthcare. And then like the one story that really like pushed me over mm -hmm. the edge was the guy, like billionaire, right? So his daughter's growing up in Canada, uh, going to school. Um, he claims that he's low income. Right. He claims that he's poor. Right. And he's in that bracket. So he starts actually receiving money from the state because he's like, like welfare. poor. Yeah, right. welfare. 
And then he goes and buys his daughter a brand new Mercedes-Benz cash. And that's what tipped them off. It's like, hang on a second. <laughs> so, I mean, this guy's a billionaire sending his uh, kids and uh, taking money from the, the Canadian taxpayer. Um, you know, that's the thing. Is these are the people that are going to come and contribute to your country. These are not no. the people that you want. These are the people that are going to come and exploit your system. Right. And that's obviously why you see such a decline. And it sucks because that really detracts from the actual uh, Chinese people that wanted to naturalize because they wanted to leave China, who yes. I've, whom I've met many of at subscriber meetings. Correct. I mean, we met, we met that guy um, not in Canada, but here in the States. I met some in Canada. Yeah. I mean, we, we met that guy uh, in Las Vegas, remember? Yeah, yeah. And he's been here for years, and he's also kind of naturalized. He works, mm. he works in the casinos and stuff. But there are so many good, hardworking Chinese people that come through and actually try to do things legitimately. Mm. And they're just undermined by these corrupt, rich, like non-scrupulous, unscrupulous people. Not, not only that, being harassed in their own Chinese communities in America and Canada by the mainland Chinese that don't integrate and have all the money and power. Yeah, you know? yeah exactly. Um, anyway, sorry about that. Yeah, that's that. our follow-up. Okay, let's uh, continue here. That was the follow-up from that. Sorry, I think we did lose our stream for a second there. If we did, we apologize. We're back now anyway. Okay, so let's take a couple of uh, Super Chats before we move on to the main topic. I'm going to tell everyone to refresh Yeah. so that they're all caught up. Mm -hmm. Okay, let us do that very thing. Right. Uh, SC1338 says, have any more T-shirts with you punching the clown? Uh, we do not. We may bring them back at some point. Probably a good idea. Uh, yeah. The way that merch works, um, it's not like a, a permanent store. It's like a two-week run. Yeah. So when we like release a t-shirt, it's only out for two weeks. But we can bring them back at some point if, yeah. if enough yeah, people want. I'd love to. I love that design. I mean, I, I need a new one anyway because I work on my cars and stuff and they get, yeah. get dirty. Yeah, I've worn that thing to death. Hmm. Uh, sorry, JPN. Some dollary dues. A few of Thank your you. guys back catalog videos have provided valuable arguments online to the Vietnam is the new China and others are seeking traction with me or seeing traction with me. Yeah, I noticed that we've covered a lot of topics uh, where we predict things and they mm. tend to be true. <laughs> I mean, it's it's not like a prediction thing. Yeah, it's when it's, you when you understand for sure a place well enough. It's like if you understand mm -hmm. a person well enough, if you've known a person let's just say your your uh, sister or your brother mm -hmm. or something, and you know them for so long, or your best friend, you tend to know what they're going to do, and you tend to understand how they work. Yeah. So it's kind of very easy to say, oh, they're doing that because they want this. Correct. You know? Oh, Correct. Why, why are they suddenly like making me a, a, a tea in the morning and, and bringing me a biscuit and right. stuff? It's because they want to ask me a favor. You know, that kind of thing. So you, you get to know a person, and because we lived in China for so long, and of course we have Chinese family, we know China quite well and speak the language and, and all that kind of thing. And I think that helps us predict a lot of what's happening. Yeah. Correct. Uh, mm. I'll do one more. Sure. Jan Faustka, again, thank you. Hi, guys, I just bought a new Xiaomi. My condolences. Does the CCP <laughs> have spy programs in the phone that are sold in China? I bought a Huawei while in China, and Google Play can't be installed. Thanks. All the best to both your families. Yeah, they are hard. Um, they are hard locked. Yeah, if you buy them a in lot China. Of them, yeah. Well, I mean, I made a video where I actually went and bought one, and the yeah. guys in the shop actually hacked, hacked it and sideloaded uh, the Google Play Store onto the. It was an Oppo that I bought and gave away a while ago. Look, I mean, unfortunately, if you are in China and you're using a Chinese phone, you're definitely going to have some kind of spyware because it's part of the whole ecosystem there. People don't mind. Hmm. Um, and that's why they've been so successful in tracking the COVID, uh, the, sorry, the Wuhan flu 
um, you know, infections and stuff is because people basically don't have a choice. In fact, right. you don't have a choice. If you want to gain access into restaurants and things, you need that QR code. In order to have that, you need to have an app on your phone that tracks you uh, everywhere you go. And every right. time you go into a supermarket and get scanned or whatever, it tells Big Brother, you've been there, you've been there, you've been there. And uh, people accept it. And it makes their lives a lot easier, mm. but at the same time, they sacrifice freedom. So Jan, Jan is not in China. That when oh, they were yeah. in China, they had bought that. Yeah, but yeah, there's true. a lot of security risks in buying a Chinese phone, and I yeah. wouldn't recommend it. Yeah, if you can, um, if you can get you can something else. It, yeah. You know, um, that's the thing. A, a lot of people have um, been contacting me, and and us also personally. Right now, we're very unhappy with the way that the the Chinese Communist Party has dealt with the whole situation and put us in this bad situation so a lot of people are saying look we want to boycott made in china products what can we do and everyone seems to think that it's impossible mm. but it's not because think about it uh korea makes samsung and lg and you know of course japan makes sony and you know you got these very big good brands that you can buy which aren't made mm -hmm. in china anymore at least but people keep forgetting the other big one which is taiwan and taiwan makes fantastic products you know, Asus, if you're a gamer, you know all about Asus, Gigabyte, you know, mm. all these big brands. Um, Acer also comes from Taiwan. You know, you get phones, HTC, that kind of thing. So, you know, you, you, you don't have to buy made in China. You mm. actually don't. So if that's a choice you've made and you would like to boycott buying made in China, there are so many other options out there. Agreed. So don't, don't feel like you're trapped into only buying made in China. Do a lot um, of research. Yeah, exactly. And as far as that whole boycotting um, made in China stuff is concerned, I don't want to see the average Chinese person um, hurt by anything like that. But at the same time, I think a clear message has to be sent to the CCP. And I firmly believe that it's a, it's a good thing to do. I, I will not force my wife or my Chinese friends to boycott Chinese goods because that's stupid. That's like that they can, you know, support their country as much as they want. And that's their right. Um, but me personally, if I have a choice, <laughs> I will stay away from buying made in China for now. And we've always been of the opinion that China will need an economic wake up call to actually have yeah. some political change. Yeah. So yeah, that that's what it is. Cool. Right. Should we move on to our next yeah. uh, segment, which, of course, is... Oh, we forgot to do the whole what's new little thing, so I'm just putting the slide up. Now. Oh, nice, just in case you Sorry. guys missed it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, our main topic, of course, soft power hour, everybody. And this is where we talk about how China is trying to change your mind and take advantage of the uh, freedom of the West in order to, uh, you know, put their dastardly little deeds yes. out there. Yes. So we've got a big one today. And this one is the uh, Thousand Talents program. Mm -hmm. So probably put that over there <laughs> so maybe you can give a quick gloss over of what the thousand talents program is well if you guys see this picture it's quite interesting that star in the middle mm -hmm. says bai and that is mm -hmm. the chinese military yes so the thousand talents program is a program that has three branches mm -hmm. and i'll just read the blurb here there's the innovative thousand talents program which mm -hmm. is long term or short term for chinese scholars under 55 years old right right then you have the foreign thousand talents program this is for foreigners this is to attract long-term foreigners into China, yeah. if they're under 55. Yes. And then there's the Young Scholar Thousand Talents Program, or Overseas Young Talents Program, for those of under 40 uh, years of age. And what this is, is basically, the Chinese government released this press statement where they said, the best talented Chinese students tend to go to foreign universities. Yes. And a lot of them afterwards tend to stay there. Mm. So how do we attract them back to China with the information that they've learned or mm. gotten within, let's say, America? Yeah. Right. Well, 
we, we come up with this program. We award them a million RMB, yes. which is what? Uh, $250,000 something. Mm -hmm. And then they come back with that information. And that was the guys, right? We're going to get our talent back in it. We don't want to, we don't want to brain drain. Sure. Right? sure. Unfortunately, this turned into a military effort as well. Yeah. So they were sending PLA, which is People's Liberation Army scientists mm -hmm. abroad, predominantly in Australia, but a lot in America as well. Mm -hmm. And they would go there and they would get ties. They would make connections, guanxi as we say in Chinese. And they'd learn trade secrets. They'd learn military secrets. Yeah. They'd get inside of companies, work there for a very long time, and then come back to China with that information. And that's where you see IP theft. Not only, it's not a secret, yeah. Where IP theft comes from, when China gets all this technology that's stolen from abroad, you're looking at a situation where China's actively rewarding and creating government initiatives for this thing. Absolutely. Right? That's a synopsis of it. It's pretty crazy if you look at it uh, from an outside perspective. The Chinese government will reward you if you manage to steal secrets from the US or from Australia or abroad, basically. Correct. And we, we're going to give you a couple of examples. But it's not only they give you a million RMB back. They actually approach foreign professors or foreign professionals or people working in, in big companies or sensitive companies. Like if you work in a, in a military, um, a company that has contracts to the military or something, they will approach you, wine and dine you, offer you all sorts of rewards, money. And of course, if you're uh, ethnically Chinese, which is the, their main target, they'll go for someone who's maybe American, but ethnically Chinese, maybe second generation, maybe just naturalized, and they will offer them a lot of rewards back home in China. Oh, if you get the, this information for us, we will set you up with your own lab in China. We will set you up with your own school or your own mm. office or your own company and give you however many, many million RMBs in grants and stuff if you get this stuff. And the, the unfortunate thing is that a lot of what we've uncovered and a lot of what's coming to light these days is a situation where you'll get something like a professor or a scientist who's receiving grants from the government where they are currently studying or doing their things, right? So for instance, in Australia, they'll be receiving taxpayers' money grants in order to do research on, say, a new drug, Correct. okay? But at the same time, they're receiving the money from the Chinese government, the Thousand Talents Program, which they're keeping secret. And a lot of these scientists and so on people are actually part of the People's Liberation Army, part of the army, the Chinese army, but they're there. And so they're receiving money from Australia or from the US or whatever in order to develop something. But that thing that they're developing ultimately ends up going back to Correct. China. Correct. So they, they, they're taking advantage of the situation in such a, like a underhanded way. It's not even funny. I mean, we're dealing with a country that is opposed to our values in the West, right? Yeah. And this is a, a tightly controlled thing. Now, an interesting thing that I came, I came to the conclusion of after reading all this stuff was mm -hmm. when I talked about the Foreign Talents Program, mm. the idea was that you attract these top scientists mm. and bring them to China and then they stay there right. to contribute. But they've had an absolute failure of trying to keep uh, foreign professors and scientists within China. Yeah. And you guys have heard the word chabadoa quite often. It means yeah. like good enough. Yeah. What happens is they'll get the reward money but then the accommodate, they're promised free accommodations, oftentimes yeah. a green card, and they fail to deliver over and over again. Yeah. So the foreigners that go over there, they're still free to go back home. Yeah. The reason they're so successful with these PLA uh, scientists, people they send over abroad, yeah. or these students, the reason, and when they've done research on this, they keep finding that they always come home on time after their contract is over. Yeah. The reason being is that these foreigners are not tied up with the Communist Party in the most direct of senses. They still have their passport from back home. Sure. So when they get dissatisfied with this whole thing, they go home. Yeah. 
The Chinese people, on the other hand, imagine you're this scientist and you join the PLA. Right. Yeah. You get accepted in this program, so your family gets this money. You get this money. You don't have the luxury anymore to stay abroad. You yeah. can't do that anymore because you are tied in all of your information with the CCP. Yeah. And if you don't your come family. back home, you're done. Yeah. Right? It's not like a normal uh, schleb that goes to college at UCLA yeah. and decides to stay afterwards. Sure. You're enticed by this program and the money, and then you are locked in. You have Correct. to go back to China with this information. Now, you know, I like idioms it's and stuff. It's a spy stuff. program. Yeah, it yeah. is a spy program. But you know, I love idioms <clears throat> and stuff. And, yeah. and the, uh, the PLA, the People's <clears throat> Liberation Army, actually has a, a name for this whole program of theirs, and it's called Picking Flowers in Foreign Lands to Make Honey in China. That's correct. And that's literally what they're trying to do, is they're trying to send their scientists and uh, influence. Look, it's not just scientists, right? No. Chinese students studying abroad are also approached all the time. If they're right. in some kind of a sensitive uh, university that's studying a specific thing, or if they have access to any kind of data or research or biosamples or, or any kind of thing like that, they will be approached and be like, listen, this is good for your motherland. And if you can get this, it's good. You're a good Chinese person. And that is not and, to know, say the majority of them take that of offer. Of course not. But I'm saying this happens all the time because so many cases have been uncovered. Mm. And they're told this will be good for your motherland. This is going to be great. And uh, we will reward you. You'll have a million RMB when you come back and you'll have like all mm. this kind of stuff. And a lot of them take the bait. Okay. And also a lot of them do these stupid things like how many people have they caught at that uh, base in Florida trying to take photos? It's the same thing where they're mm. like, just go there to see if you can get some photos and stuff. And they keep catching, you know, Chinese students and tourists walking into this like military base taking photos because they just have this every man approach. You see, to be a spy in China doesn't mean you have to like be a James Bond or no, be trained no, or no. anything. China treats every single one of its citizens abroad as a potential um, source of information. Mm -hmm. And so that's why you'll find out in all these little um, Chinese uh, student groups and in you know Chinese little groups all over the place, there's always someone with some kind of connection back to the CCP who's constantly keeping an eye on what's going on, constantly mm. sort of influencing the group and sending information back to uh, yeah, Beijing, remember we were, we were speaking to Chinese university students who are absolutely loving living in L.A. Yeah. And they keep talking about these. There's always this one outlier that mm -hmm. has some rich dad in PLA or in the government stuff, and they always feel threatened around them. Yeah. They can't fully participate in the American education system. Because yeah. if they say the wrong thing, then they report back. Yeah. How is that allowed? All of the Chinese student associations within the universities in America and abroad in Australia and stuff, all of them report back to the local consulate. All of them. Okay. And the consulate helps them out because they give them funding for little programs and things to do. But it keeps the Chinese students fiercely nationalistic mm. and also completely under the thumb of the CCP. That means they can't step out of line. You know, the thing is, you know? a good chunk of them are not nationalistic, but yeah. they dare not say otherwise. Yeah, you know, correct. And that's awful. It's it's a terrible situation. So this Thousand Talents program reaches out across the board. So, uh, board, sorry, I thought we'd give you um, like at least an example here, shall we, or two? Yeah, so to preface this, the Thousand Talents program still, although the FBI uh, calls it a secu national security threat, yeah. it's not outright banned. Yeah. So if you're part of this Thousand Talents program, it's not like if you come to America, you go to jail. Yeah, yeah. The problem comes when 
they, they're gonna have eyes on you, right? Yeah. If you're part of this and you're part of some sensitive thing, you can't get access to that sensitive stuff anymore. Sure, sure. So yeah, I'm in the PLA, I come over, I'm in the Thousand Talents program, but I'm not gonna be allowed into some like lab no, where sure. that has like intellectual property. So they have to hide it. Yeah, they always hide it. Now this is a very, very interesting uh, mm. situation how this guy got caught. But basically, uh, he was receiving funding from NASA. He had like a half a million dollar grant from NASA and various other places to do his research, etc. Um, and they can say he he um, was arrested because he failed to disclose his connections. Now, that's the thing. If you're working with sensitive stuff like him, if you're getting grants from NASA and so on, you will be asked outright. Of course. Do you have ties to the Chinese government? Do you have ties to the thousand uh, you know talents program? He said no. He lied. They caught him out. You know how they, they caught him out? He misplaced his hard drive, like an external hard drive. It ended up in the lust and found at the university. So someone checked it to see who it belonged to. And it had like a unconfidential.pdf. Can you read what it said <laughs> yeah. in there? Okay, guys. All right. Dear researcher one, I want you to, and this is what was on yeah. in the Re file. Researcher one, they've redacted. Yeah. I want you to understand that I will do my best to support your stay here in Arkansas. So he's talking to a Chinese researcher. Yes. There are things that are becoming very difficult for me recently because of the political climate. You can search the Chinese website regarding what the U.S. will do to thousand talent scholars. Him. Yeah. Not many people here know I'm one of them, but if this leaks out, my job here will be in deep troubles, plural. I have to be very careful or else I may be put out of a job from this university. I hope you understand my deep concerns. Please keep this to yourself as I trust you. Yeah, so he, I mean, that's the thing. He was only caught because he was Wire stupid. Friday. and Well, no, he was only caught because he was stupid and misplaced his hard drive. Right. How many people are operating as Chinese agents within your university uh -huh. and within your company? I mean, it, it's just impossible to know because this is such a far-reaching thing. And again, and, it, it's not... In innate, uh, it's an innate problem, but it's not a illegal to be part of this talent program. But it's illegal to be part of a talent program that's funded by the Chinese government, who reports directly to Beijing and then not disclose mm. that because it gives you access to high-level information. Yeah, now no, before we continue, before people think we're trying to profile like Asian people, it's not just Asian people. Uh, you know, foreigners are being targeted as well. Like this Harvard uh, University professor. Maybe you can read about him. You've written something down there. Yeah, let me pull it up here. So uh, he was part of the uh, he was part of the uh, foreign talent program. So this is a guy that was receiving funding um, from China. Yeah. The problem with that is not that he was receiving the funding or that he was part of the talents program. It's that he was working in high level sensitive information. Yeah. In uh, brain technology, bio biotechnology, right? Yeah. So this guy, his name was Charles M. Lieber, uh, mm -hmm. and it says. The success of the program in recruiting the U.S. trained scientists back to China has been viewed with concern from the U.S. Intelligence Council, declaring an underlying motivation of the program to be to, be to facilitate the legal and illicit transfer of U.S. technology, intellectual property, and know-how to China. In January 2020, the FBI arrested Charles M. Lieber, the chair of Harvard University's Department of Chemistry and Chemical Biology, for lying about his ties to the program. So he outright said, mm -hmm. when the FBI questioned him, no, I don't have ties to the Chinese you know, program. Because obviously he's funneling information yeah. from America back to China. Sure. Right. Sure. So yeah, people, foreigners, I say foreigners, Americans get caught up in this as well. Yeah. People who are not Chinese. <laughs> I call myself a foreigner. Yeah. Don't call yourself a foreigner. You're not a foreigner. Not anymore. Not anymore. Um, anyway, look, the fact of the matter is that it's, it's a difficult one because it's not always monetary. Um, there was the, the other Chinese guy who, not that long ago, let me think, I want to get my facts straight here. 
but he basically stole information about uh, submarine propulsion systems. Yeah. And he was shipping it to China. Mm. He would write CDs and then give it to his, his um, uh, relatives who would visit him and stuff to take right. it back to China. Correct. And when the, the FBI caught on to this and they tracked him, um, they realized that he wasn't doing it for any money. He wasn't receiving money for this. He mm -hmm. was just doing it because he thought it would be a good thing to do for China, for his sure. homeland, right? Sure. And when they actually sat down, because he actually worked for the Navy, I believe, and they asked him, like, why would you do this? It's like, well, because it's I'm helping China out. You mm -hmm. know, I'm just helping them out. It's like, yeah, but do you agree that by helping them, you're actually hurting the Navy you work for? And he was like, yeah, he conceded that that's what he was doing. But it's it's a lot of this nationalist stuff as well. So it's it's a very tough, tough thing to keep an eye on. Mm. We're dealing with one of the most sophisticated and most widespread information networks in the world. And the problem is you will never be able to just figure out who it is because it could be anyone. Right. And every time we find out a bus like that guy who was putting things in the hotel as a dead drop, mm. he just turned out to be an average regular Chinese guy that you'll see hanging around. Average you know? Joe. Average Joe, your, your neighbor who's an awesome person to hang around with, but he was actually acting as a very high-level uh, like espionage guy. It's a tough thing to deal with because we all know China does IP theft, but you have to understand that it's the scale as to which it's being done is unprecedented. No mm. other country in the world has ever done anything like this. I guess the issue that we have to deal with is that there shouldn't... It sounds like it's the promotion of... Uh, paranoia against mm -hmm. Chinese people or something, and that's just not what we're talking about. What we're talking about is trying to make a more robust system that vets people that have connections to the Chinese government, because yes. when you have connections to the Chinese government, it's not like dealing with someone that has connections to the German government no. or Canadian government. You're talking about a very corrupt and very evil system mm -hmm. that is built on screwing people over right. and, and deception. Right, yeah. and that's the problem. It's not Chinese people, no. but it's Chinese people with very close ties to the CCP are dangerous to have in Western nations. I also hope that uh, by exposing some of this stuff, the you know the people that are falling victim, and by by victim I mean the, the Chinese people that are coerced into doing this kind of stuff, won't have to be in the future as much because right. a lot of the times the reason people get talked into the students etc is because they they are fearful right. of what will happen to their oh, yeah. families back home if they don't comply correct and this is a very bad system if we can somehow topple the system or at least uh, put it out in the sunlight so that everybody can see what's going on perhaps it won't be they won't be able to threaten these students and threaten these people anymore mm. with harm to their families you know because the rest of the world will see it for what it is and not accept it anymore right you know correct that's a yeah. good point it's a tough tough one to go on so cool to do some uh, super chats i think we should i think we've talked enough about this you can do a little bit of research into the thousand talents program sure. i actually want to throw another thing in here before we finish and that is one more story and it's got to do with the confucius institute now the confucius institute uh you may know of it if you are at a university student or you have ties to a university a lot of the universities around the states and in other countries have a confucius institute and it's supposed to be a cultural exchange program and for all intents and purposes it actually is They've got free Mandarin lessons. Um, they kind of put on these shows where they have traditional Chinese music and clothing and things, which is all very nice. And that's why it's so attractive to both students and universities, because they're like, this is wonderful. It's funded by the Beijing government. You know, of course, the universities provide funding, too. They provide facilities, offices, classrooms, things like that. So it's kind of a half half thing. But the underlying force behind the Confucius Institute is propaganda. 
And I, I actually witnessed that and experienced it firsthand. And I've told the story before, but I'm going to tell it one more time for those of you who may not have heard it before because it, it ties into all of this. Why don't you make yourself big? Yeah, okay. There we are. So when I uh, came for my first road trip through America, which was in uh, 2016, I was invited to speak at the University of Arizona in Tucson by a subscriber and a very nice guy who runs the journalism department. Right. I had just completed with you Conquering Southern China. Mm -hmm. Go watch that if you hadn't, haven't, which is a fantastic documentary. Jesse, uh, yeah. please put a link. Yeah, if you can. So anyway, um, I had some clips and I had like the advert, you know, the sort of uh, preview of the show. And I, I was actually went to show them, I think the first episode of the show is like a, a way for everyone to see. So I went there and the classroom was kind of packed. Right. Um, and then I noticed a, a whole bunch of sort of Chinese middle-aged women and stuff came in there and like normal students and things. And then when they all came in, some of the Chinese students that were there actually left. And I was like, that's a bit weird, but whatever. They all went in there and I showed a bit of the show and I was talking about it. And this one woman in particular, who seemed to be the ringleader, kept taking down notes the whole time as I was talking. And she constantly interrupted me, which was really annoying because I was explaining. And one part that really stuck out in my mind, I was explaining, we drove through rural Guizhou, which mm. has some of the worst roads I've ever experienced in my life. So I'm trying to explain how bad the roads were. And she would constantly stop me and say, yes, but China is advancing so fast and all the roads are really good. You just came across uh, one bad road or something like that, you know, and she kept She's this. She's never seen it. <laughs> exactly. Every time I was trying to describe something which she thought put China in some kind of a negative light, she would interrupt me and try to correct me in front of everyone. I was like, who is this woman? What's going on? Why? I'm not in China, but why do I have basically Xi Jinping in my classroom here? telling me what I can and can't say about China. And then I found out that her and all the other people that came with her are part of the Confucius Institute. And that's what they do is they keep an eye on all of the Chinese students. That's why they left, right? Yeah, that's that's why the initially those Chinese students left. They obviously felt very uncomfortable. They can't be anywhere where they are. So they keep an eye on all the Chinese students. They make sure that they cannot have any wrong think about China. Okay, and anyone who tries to present anything about China, like like I did, which is not glowingly positive and what they think is what should be presented, they will try to shut you down. Mm. At least they try to intimidate you. And, you know, they're the kind of people that if the Dalai Lama is going to have a chat or, you know, someone wants to do a free Tibet, um, you know, thing or whatever, they will sabotage it. You know, those are the guys who ensure that everything's sabotaged. They're heavily connected to the government in China and Beijing through the consulates and stuff. And this is in your school, in your university. So... I want everybody to just see it for what it is. I'm not saying like, oh, don't go take the Mandarin class. If you want to learn Mandarin, that's fine. But don't buy into the propaganda and at least be aware of what they're doing there. You know what I you mean? Know, and I, I like to keep harping on if the Chinese students are uncomfortable enough to leave to know what's going on, yeah. then you should probably be looking into this. It's gotten yeah. so bad to the point where Sweden completely got rid of the Confucius Institutes. Yeah. They were like, get the hell out of here. Yeah. You're infiltrating with wrong think is bad, uh, CCP tactics, communist tactics, in a free country. Yeah. You can't do that. It harasses people that leave China to have a free education. This is not education related, but I want to refresh your memory. I don't know if we've ever told everyone this. Mm -hmm. When we did our premiere for Conquering Northern China, which is the sequel to mm -hmm. our uh, first documentary. Yeah, we actually had it in a theater. In a theater. Sold out seats. It was amazing. Sold out. It was so cool. And yeah. it, it was LA. just so cool. Mm -hmm. and we, But we were able to talk to everyone too. Yeah. And afterwards, uh, after everyone was kind of filtering out and taking photos with us. Yeah. Um, it was just fans. 
Yeah. There, there were some other YouTubers there that showed up. Yeah, it was uh, uh, What's his name? Uh, who showed up? Uh, Cher, you know Cher's son? Yeah, sure. Like Sonny and Cher. Yeah, her son showed up. <laughs> uh, but anyway, we were sitting, we were standing there. Everyone's super chill, taking photos. It was actually really heartwarming. Yeah. And we were approached by Chinese state media CCP officials in LA. Yeah, in our... In, yeah, they were yeah. in there. They yeah. were obviously tasked to go watch our show. Yeah. And they basically walk up to us and they're like, we'd like to chat at some point. We'd <laughs> yeah. like to talk about some future opportunities. And we were like, but it was such a bad vibe. Yeah. They yeah. were so like condescending and they're yeah. like, please let us add your information. And we like, I think I gave them a fake WeChat. Yeah, you did. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, can we get your phone number? I was like, no, you know, WeChat's fine. I gave them like a fake WeChat or whatever. And I, yeah. uh, we, we got out of there. They, thankfully, they didn't follow us to the, the post party at the bar. <laughs> but yeah. even in LA, yeah. in my own country, we were chased down by CCP officials. Mm. And this is how bad it's gotten. It's much worse in countries like Australia. But if yeah. we're seeing that firsthand like you did in Tucson or us yeah. at this, this meetup, I mean, how far has it gone? You know, It's gone too far. And the, the problem is because... The Western world is too open and too nice. They they can't see the, the wood for the trees. Sure. So, you know, when you've got people, basically government agents running <laughs> around freely on the campuses of your university, shutting people down, intimidating the students, and all you do is like, oh, they're so nice. They're just bringing culture. And I think, oh no, I know that the language barrier is one of the main reasons why they get away with this because they can actually put up signs on notice boards and stuff saying, you know, like anything that they want. And nobody will know because like the main administration and stuff walk past. It just looks like Chinese. They don't understand what it says. But they could say stuff like um, down with democracy and put it up there. And, you know, nobody will be able to tell what they're saying or what they're organizing. They could do that anyway. But yeah, they could but put just, like very malicious saying, things. They, they could put incredibly to... bad things up there. Like if you talk drugs. about Xi Jinping, we will kill you. <laughs> right. You know, <laughs> but um, that's one thing that I'm planning to do when this whole COVID mm. thing uh you know, goes over is I'm going to be driving around the country with you and we're going to go to all the uh, like Asian supermarkets, Asian areas where they got those billboards. Because last time we went to an Asian supermarket, the stuff we saw posted up there, it's they're basically just putting illegal stuff out there in the open. And we're going to translate this. We're going to blow the lid off this crap because we're tired of this nonsense going on beneath our noses here. And I think the biggest change, mm -hmm. at least in the education sphere, that this could come from is yeah. not even from us. It's definitely from the students that are Chinese students who are being harassed. Yeah. Although their families might be like under stress, basically, and they're worried about everything back home, if yeah. more of them would stand up, I think universities and American people would actually pay attention to it. Yeah. Because if they're being undermined and threatened by CCP officials, basically, within their own university, yeah. there would have to be an investigation of sorts. They sure. can't stay silent. You guys have to speak up. Yeah, please you know. speak up because that's not how um, the Western world works. Mm. You know, in China, you can't do it. You can't even no. fly an American flag in the soil no. of China. They'll you know take it away you can't you can't have a george washington institute in the beijing university that <laughs> that puts up american propaganda because right. that's literally what they're doing right you know it is straight yeah. up you can't do it in china it's this double no. standard thing so we have to be aware anyway it's time for some super chats before sure. we move on to our next correct uh cool mm -hmm. uh zach miller corin says uh let's have a good one great to finally catch you live thank, thank you. you for being here live it's very nice to have you Dwayne hunter it's getting hot 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 yep uh, Vishal Anand, a uh, silver bullet for Winston, only for you, apparently. Thank you. Oh, yeah, I because I... You know, yeah. I yeah. No, you don't need that. You need warm beer. Let's <laughs> so not start this debate again. Yeah. Sean Wayland, uh, mm -hmm. read Against Intellectual Property by patent attorney Stefan Kinsella at the Ludwig von Mises Institute, free online. We'll have a look. All right. 
Uh, Vishal and uh, Michelo uh, for Seamoke. Thank you very go. much, Vishal. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sammy El Alto. Oh, I know that guy. He's a patron. Mm-hmm. Buy some beer. Uh, we will. We'll have some beer tomorrow. Absolutely. Tomorrow's our drink. We we drink on Fridays. You know, that's the way we can keep things Unwind. under control. Yeah. You know, Fridays only, not during the week. Steve. Yeah. <laughs> it's the only way. Otherwise, you know, we'd get nothing done. We'd also be yeah. fat. Yeah. Well, it's too late. Yeah, it'd be fatter. Yeah. Uh, Steve Taylor, thank you. Your info, info on COVID has put me so far in front of the news. Thank you. Mm. And thank you, Steve. It's an absolute pleasure. Uh, Anonymous says um, some silly words. <laughs> okay. He says, ice, ice, China. Uh, from. From. Yeah. Where? Why has this always got a snap like this? I don't know. Okay. And I'll do uh, Lewis Estrada. Thank you. And Ali Ali, thanks for continuing to release great content. Loving Worthless Whips. What's your opinion on NTD China in Focus News? Uh, I think it's pretty good in the way that they actually have some contacts within China. They speak Chinese, which is mm-hmm. invaluable. So much better than something like CNN. Right. Um, always remember that there's going to be some sort of bias there. It doesn't mean it's not factual, though. So, yes. you know, take it for what it is. And we're going to move on to... Uh, yes, next, of course, is Guanxi Corner, where we sure. talk about... Uh, Everything to do with relationships, whether they are romantic, business, or otherwise. That is correct. And I'm going to pull up our Guanxi Corner from a patron and supporter from, from okay. us. Okay. Um, and I'll leave the names out just in case. I don't think they care, but uh, hey, good morning. Hope you and your family are doing well. I'm struggling uh, with our something-year-old son. He's starting an apprenticeship. He's been uh, waiting for two years. So I think it's just a matter of time before my husband and I and our son, or one of us, gets sick. And then all of us are scared. I'm scared. I was wondering, is China uh, rethinking the strange foods they eat? Is the CCP making changes in the dietary sections of the wet markets? Are they teaching people to stay away from exotic things that make you sick? Um, and I promised that we would talk about this. No, and no, and no, and, and no, no, and no. no. Uh, the wild animal trade has just moved to the internet. Yeah. Uh, it's, they just caught 15,000 very rare turtles coming from Mexico going to China, I believe today, in yep. a cargo ship. Yep. Uh, that is one of many that probably have not been caught. Um, the education outside of banners, uh, you know, being held up saying don't eat wild animals pretty much stops there at that point. All wet markets are still open. There's been very, very few uh, changes to that. Yeah, I, uh, I got another one here where there are uh, it's just boxes you can't really see. But this is from Namibia. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, those are boxes of scorpions. Mm-hmm. You can see that, right? Mm-hmm. There's like millions of scorpions. Mm-hmm. Also busy being sent, well, good sent over. Get rid of those. Well, I mean, you know, the thing is that the, the wildlife populations are being decimated, and it's all for this like insatiable Chinese hunger medicine. for this these weird animals. It's not stopping. It's not going to stop. It's too profitable. Yeah. It's like a few billion dollar business. Well, and again, you know, whenever they crack down on something, it's just about face, right? Saving yeah. face. So when the Chinese government says yes, we banned everything. Well, then why do we not see the ban in action? No, it's right. it, it it absolutely will not change. Um, and at the very, the ver- most positive thing that can come out of this is that it'll slow down because it's going to be harder. Yeah, to but set. that that's just ridiculous. I know. I said that's the most positive thing. It's not what's going to happen. I mean, you can go on Baidu, and there's people, there's Wuhan forums, and they're like, "Oh crap! We, at this normal wet market, we can't buy the wild game." And then they have lists of other places and streets they meet on to trade wild game. Exactly. It's right. kind of like we said. They, you know, things like prostitution are illegal. Yet there are adverts for prostitution on the the poles. Correct. And you know, like. Put under your door and stuff but it's illegal but just because it's illegal on paper makes people breathe easy so everyone in the rest, rest of the world can think oh yeah china Something's prostitution's illegal so they're a very moral uh, country mm. meanwhile it's the most rampant 
country for prostitution I've ever been exposed to, mm. you know, and human trafficking like, and, things and like stuff that. like that. You just happen to go anywhere and there's prostitutions on offer everywhere. Everybody does. It's just very normal. Yet it's banned and illegal. So you'll find the same thing with these so-called wildlife bans mm. happening. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I'm sorry for the bad news. Yeah. Um, Dur Sebi. Mm. I finally stayed up to catch you live. Guess uh, here's one beer on me. Stay well. Keep doing what you're doing. Uh, greetings from Marburg, Germany. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, that's fantastic. Close. Yeah, that's how um, you say it. The Indian dude. India just revealed that Chinese COVID-19 tests have a 90% fail rate. I believe Canada found an 80% fail rate as well. Yeah. Uh, and that's not that's my quote. Right. And they are doing this to a country with a worse healthcare system than China. Thank God for South Korea. Yeah, yeah. it's... We were so worried about India because if there's going to be a country ravished by something yeah. like this. Yeah, especially in the rural areas because, right. you know, I've, I've been in the rural areas of India. and uh, Well, that's what yeah. happens when you cover something up yeah. for a government face. Uh, yeah, it, look, if the 90% of the test kits uh, have failed, um, what about the ones in China? What if they're all failing too? What if they, they can't get positive numbers because they're all failing? Right. Not yeah. only will they hide the numbers, they don't even have them to be Yeah, exactly. With. It's a tough one, man. Look, just stay safe and look... Like yesterday when we were driving around in the cars wearing masks, a lot of you guys are like, why do you have to do that? It's always better safe than sorry. Agreed. It's so easy to just step out of your comfort zone. I mean, get into your comfort zone and do something like, oh, I'm going to go check my post. I'll just mm -hmm. go check the post. When you check your post, put some damn gloves on, you know, wear a mask. Wash do, your hands. You know, go to the post box, take your thing out, check, you know disinfect the mail before you actually touch it with your bare hands or so just open it all outside and throw mm. away what you don't even keep and, what, then wash and, your hands. Then, and then disinfect and then wash your hands like you have to it's going to be a hassle but if you want to totally avoid any chances or at least most chances take those extra steps totally agree yeah it's not embarrassing to do so just, no, just do just it just do it if you care just about your health yeah uh sc uh one three three eight s the same thing do you still have the clown punching t-shirt maybe in the future Ellen Williamson, thank you. Thank you. What was that question? I'm just curious. I can't see. It seems to have disappeared. Our moderator deleted it. Oh, okay. um, I'm okay. sorry about that. Sorry. But, well, uh, I mean, could have been well, bad. Who knows? Um, hopefully, we can answer your question through different means. Yeah. Josema Fernandez Barreras. Uh, hmm. As a again, as a cyclist yesterday, almost died going up in the mountain with a mask. But security is first. Cheers, dude. It's yeah. always tough information. I don't know how you Good do stuff. that, man. It's crazy, right? We were dying in the car. Yeah. I mean, look, if you're cycling and stuff, I don't see why you have to wear the mask the whole time. It's all about but if you're if getting in a populated if, area. If you're close to people, so I'd be like you know keeping it around right. about here and then as soon as i even see a person on the horizon yeah, or something, yeah. you know but if he's like yeah in a very populated yeah, area yeah makes definitely sense. Mm. cairo what drone do you use for photography phantom thanks for the hard work that is a uh, well many it doesn't many remember at the end of the day it doesn't matter what drone you use it's mm. how you use it to mm. get the shot but i've used everything from a phantom 3 right in the beginning then i had a phantom 4 i personally had a phantom 4 for the longest time we use the, your Mavic, the, the original Mavic. Mm. We have a Mavic Air, and we uh, have a Spark. And we used a Spark a lot because it's crappy. It's only 1080p, but you can still get great shots. Some of my best shots are shot on the Spark, actually, mm. amazingly enough. And we recently, because when we went to Vegas, on the way our drone died, just had a firmware error, just wouldn't work, so we bought the um, Mavic Air, that little one. No, not Air. No. What's it? Mini. Mavic Mini, Mini. Maverick Mini. And that, I love it. It's so it's, quiet. It's now my favorite drone. Doesn't it's, have to be registered because it's not yeah, 50 it grams or It whatever. doesn't have all the features of the other drones, like right. auto tracking and right. stuff, and it doesn't have sensors. That's fine. But the thing is, it's cheap enough that if you crash it, you won't worry that much, and it's still brilliant. Mm. The footage, if you saw the footage of when we went to that uh, 
Tiananmen Square monument. monument. Yeah, check that out. Uh, yeah, I filmed it all on uh, that drone. Yeah. Cool, I'll do one more. Yeah. Uh, case closed, 93. Do you mm-hmm. think China controls TikTok to promote divisive content, uh, particularly regarding race and racism? Because I know that stuff bleeds into our mainstream news. Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, they, they're they protecting themselves, really. That's why they push, on the For You page, they push uh, propaganda so much. Yeah. And also they've, like that one girl that wanted to talk about Uyghur activism, and she did that in eyelash tutorial. Mm-hmm. They deleted that post, but that was in America. Yeah. And then they denied doing that. Put it it's a up. tough one. I mean, look, TikTok, I, I, I don't watch TikTok. I think it's dumb. Uh, I know a lot of people are going to disagree with me because I still have like my other social media. Sure. I, got, I got Instagram and, and Reddit and stuff. But for me, TikTok is for just like chewing gum for the brain, mm-hmm. for people it that is. are just bored out of their mind, just flipping through rubbish. Um, but don't forget that TikTok is Douyin. TikTok is a Chinese company. TikTok is wholly, fully owned by China. And so they kind of let, they've, they've got this kind of situation where they allow sort of semi-freedom of speech to exist on it, but they're still keeping an eye on what's going on. Of course, and if, it's if someone, if someone tries to step over a line, they'll still find a way to get rid of it, you know? Mm-hmm. So just remember, you are supporting the Chinese Communist Party if you are supporting TikTok. Just keep sure. that in mind. It's a tough one because I do you, it to monitor. Yeah, Chinese when you content. like when you like something and you find out that it's bad for you know it's kind of like if you, I don't know, eating pistachio nuts and then you find out that little kids in Honduras or something are suffering because right. they have to peel it with their with their little toe or something right. and then you're like, oh, but I really like pistachio nuts right. and then you're like, what am I going to do? It's a moral dilemma. It is. So, just think about the bigger picture, guys. Are for you going to sure. continue to support TikTok? You know, probably not such a good idea. Uh, okay. Or let's... make a TikTok account that only criticizes the CCP. Do that. On <laughs> mass, let's do it. Yeah, you know, just make a TikTok yeah. account that's anti-CCP and yeah. pro-Chinese people. So it's time for worldview, and this is where we talk about things going on in the world, but mainly to do with China. That is absolutely correct. Because this this show is kind of just about China mostly. Um, yeah. <laughs> Did you finally admit it? Well, I mean, we like to talk about other things too, but uh, mainly China. Yeah. We have a little uh, update here from the uh, UN, so let's let's listen to some of it, and we'll interrupt along the way. 19 does not care who we are, where we live, what we believe, or about any other distinction. We need every ounce of solidarity to tackle it together. Yet, the pandemic continues to unleash a tsunami of hate and xenophobia, scapegoating and scaremongering. Anti-foreigner sentiment has surged online and in the streets. Anti- <laughs> that means a wholly uh, different thing to me. Anti-foreigner sentiment. Now, I, I would like to point out that this guy's going on about, like, what's going on here, guys? There's so much hate happening here. Um, there's so much xenophobia happening here. There's so much anti-foreigner sentiment. But all he's basically saying is, stop asking questions about, or stop saying it came from China. That's right. all he's doing. Right. The thing is, you could flip this around because exactly what he's saying is what's happening in China. (laughs) He said anti-foreign sentiment. For me, I'm like, huh? Oh, that's what he means. (laughs) Because let's let's face it here. Um, People aren't saying like, uh, hey, look, the virus came from Mexico. Hmm. People are not saying, hey, the virus came from Nigeria. Hmm. Actually, they are in China. Oh, yeah, that's a new thing. Sorry. Because Nigeria sued China. Yeah, they sued China. Because of elephant penises. (laughs) Yeah, it's crazy. (laughs) But, you know, the thing is... um, when you've got the UN coming out here and saying all these things about, look, well, let's just let him continue. Yeah, yeah. Let's let him continue. Semitic conspiracy theories have spread and COVID-19 related anti-Muslim attacks have occurred. Migrants and refugees have been vilified as a source of the virus 
and then denied access to medical treatment. With all the persons among the most vulnerable, contemptible memes have emerged suggesting they are also the most expendable. And journalists, whistleblowers, health professionals, aid workers, and human rights defenders are being targeted simply for doing their jobs. We must act now to strengthen the immunity of our societies against the virus of hate. Well, he just okay. lost all the young community with his pronunciation of memes. Memes, yeah. What's a meme? I don't know. Anyway, no, seriously. <laughs> what are you saying here? Is, it's commendable. I like this idea that we of should... Of course! You know, hate hate is not something that no. we need no. Okay, in the world, if it's at all possible. But, you know, we need to work together here. But this is a smokescreen that's being thrown up. The UN is coming out and basically throwing up the smoke screen and try to say, oh, there's anti-Semitic, there's anti-Muslim, Muslim, there's anti-this, yeah. there's anti-that. Let's stop pointing fingers. Let's stop being xenophobic. I don't see people running around saying, like, you're Muslim, you, you're, you know, responsible for the virus, or, you know, like, oh, you're Jewish, so you're responsible. I haven't seen that I'm, I'm ever. Curious, I wish there was a ticker of how many anti-Muslim racism that's been going on because of coronavirus yeah or anti-jewish I, I mean i guess it's probably out there but this is a smokescreen yeah for china yeah because he talks about these minority communities right yeah. like yeah. oh these minor they're particularly vulnerable anti-foreigner sentiment what does that even mean so chinese people are foreigners now right mm. yeah but who is he talking to here just the western world obviously right i mean it, this this would fly completely under the radar if mm. China wasn't just appointed to the UN Human Rights Council. Correct. This is just, it reeks of like tone deafness mm. and it looks too suspicious. Like there was yeah. some directive from China. China was like, listen, we're really under attack right now because, you know, it totally didn't come from here and people are being mean. Wah. Yeah, well, look at the stink they made up uh, because Australia wants to have an inquiry into like where it came yeah, from. Yeah, they're like banning, like you don't get medical yeah. supplies. Oh, but you know what they actually did now is they've actually like, <laughs> blocked mm -hmm. imports of Australian beef, mm -hmm. you know, which In is retaliation. like 30% of their market or something. For wanting to know where it came yeah, from. Yeah, for wanting to know where it came from. So because the questions are starting to mount mm -hmm. up, and you know what, for the longest time, I think the whole world has been kind of like, look, just, we're not going to push it, just kind of admit it, come on, like, let us... Let us know what happened. You know, we're not gonna we're not gonna be mad at you. Just kind of tell us what the the deal is. Can you give us some proper information? Can you be a bit more transparent? Mm. And all they do is fight back with, "You're racist. We're gonna not export your mm. import your stuff. We're not gonna do business with you. If you keep doing this, you will damage the relationship between China right. and New right. Zealand or China and this and that." They're keeping so bloody belligerent. Mm. That has got to a point where the rest of the world is like, listen, no, screw you. Right. Tell us what the hell you did. Right. And Let us know. You're seeing a lot of governments and actually mm. news outlets that are like, okay, okay, okay. There's a chance that it came from China. Not just directly saying that, yeah, right? Yeah. There's a chance. But now is not the time. <laughs> Let's work together as a community, which is fine. Yeah. But China's not part of that community right now if it's run by the CCP, right? Yeah. And they go, Let's put it on the back burner. We'll look into this later. No, 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 no. no. We need to figure this out now. Yeah, we absolutely do have to figure out what's going on. And so you've got this guy who whose advice I would direct to China, or the CCP. Me too. Because what's happening in China is anti-foreigner and xenophobic mm -hmm. and anti-everything. Mm. I mean, they're super anti-Muslim, mm. you know? Yeah, obviously. With, yeah, the Uyghurs and camps. stuff. But like all of this advice should not be out there to protect china with a smoke screen it should be directed towards china yeah honestly. so you know what that's what we'll do yeah this message that from the un this was towards china and only and only china and only internalize china. that yeah
That is why I'm appealing today for an all-out effort to end hate speech globally. I call on political leaders to show solidarity with all members of their societies and build and reinforce social cohesion. I call on educational institutions to focus on digital literacy at a time when billions of young people are online and when extremists are seeking to prey on captive and potentially despairing audiences. I call on the media, especially social media companies, to do much more to flag and, in line with international human rights law, remove racist, misogynist, and other harmful... Racist! Hang on, I gotta ask, what does misogyny have to do with this virus? And... I don't. I mean... No, I think it's, like you said, a smokescreen. He has to link it back to a much bigger anti-hate yeah. picture. Sure. Right. I mean, the thing is, like... I'm not saying I'm for misogyny or anything, but it's absolutely not related to this whole virus thing. Because he's talking about hate speech and xenophobia based on the origins of the virus. So he said that right in the beginning. What does misogyny have to do with that? Did anyone ever say this is a woman's virus and it belongs in the kitchen? I never heard that. <laughs> COVID-19, you know, make me a sandwich. No, quite seriously, though. The fact that he's put racist and misogynist together means it's just like every other, like... Dude. scapegoat garbage you want somebody to shut up you just call them a racist misogynist bigot blah 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 put a string these things together and it's like a, a gold standard to win an argument or it's a gold standard to make people shut up and not question you you know what effed me up what? was him calling on governments to flag and social media to flag content stop moderating our content guys yeah. we don't need more of that you know what that is it's chinese soft power censorship it is Calling on all social media, please be China and block everybody that disagrees with you. Well, that's what, what they, they want. So that, No, yeah, listen. Yeah. When he started the video yeah. by saying, we're talking about the origins of COVID-19, that means everything he says after that is related. Yeah. It does. It does. So he wants anyone who questions or asks, like, does it come from China or it's a Chinese virus? They have to be flagged and censored on social media. This that's is what, what we're he's calling from for. the UN. Yeah, this is what is happening and people don't read between the lines because they don't understand what's going on but apparently you know you can't be misogynist towards the origin of this virus anymore yeah dude because someone on. that t someone that wrote, wrote a paper on the research of it might have been a woman and you disagree with her uh, maybe that's what it is but i mean yeah. come on this is ridiculous shut up grandpa yeah uh, and learn how to say memes <laughs> contents i call on civil society to strengthen outreach to vulnerable people and religious actors to serve as models of mutual respect. And I ask everyone, everywhere, to stand up against hate, treat each other with dignity, and take every opportunity to spread kindness. Perfect that's, message for China. That's a great message for China. Stop the hate. Oh wait, they don't have religious leaders in China. Yeah, they're not allowed to. They're jailed. You know, that's, that's the thing is, when you've seen what's been going on in China towards foreigners, um, and you've if you watched our and, videos recently, and their minorities, yeah, <laughs> and the Chinese minorities, you'll understand that this message is perfectly suited to the heads of the CCP. And you know, I I like the words that he has at the sure. end here about spreading kindness and stuff, and I agree with That's them. How clever this is! But don't you dare try to lecture me no. on this. Don't you dare try to make me stop questioning where the virus came from. And don't you dare try to tell me that it's racist and misogynist and hateful to talk about facts. Or to blame the Chinese Communist Party. Yeah. Ooh. Interesting. Did we just get shut down? Maybe. Pop back in.
This is very interesting. Did we actually get shut down? This could be the first time this Let me happened. pull it up on another window. Yeah, please do. I'll pull, pull it up me. over here. Guys, bear with us because it looks like we've been shut down. Which is going to be what very interesting. The heck? This is Weird. My, my YouTube. Monkey. <laughs> you got a monkey. All right, guys, please bear with us. If you are there right now, it looks like for all intents and purposes, we are not streaming on our side, which is kind of interesting. If we have been shut down. Uh, let me s YouTube's not loading. Let me try like Reddit or something. Okay. Please hang 10. Yeah, Reddit's fine. Um, Wikipedia's fine. How about we try from one of our phones? Yeah, do it from data. Yeah. Turn off uh, Wi-Fi. Sorry, guys. Uh, just in case people are out there, maybe you can entertain them. Maybe we're little, buffering. Uh, well, right story. now, uh, well, the little story is what's actually happening right now. Mm -hmm. uh, we are now dealing with um, YouTube's maybe gone down. That's actually what we should check. Is YouTube down? No, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a problem with the server. Let's try a different video, dude. Like a random video. No, no. I think I think we're up. Let me let me see. Yeah, oh, we are. Interesting. Well, we apologize because there's some kind of a weird thing going on here. I don't know if the comments is working or, or what's going on. So um, <laughs> we are, let's, we're blind. Let us just pretend that everything is OK in case Can you it run is. it on your phone in the background silent just to make sure? OK, I will. And we'll keep an eye on it. All righty. Yeah, comments are down in terms of what I'm seeing. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's interesting. I wonder what happened here. Yeah, it's it's Should very I strange. This, but I don't want to lose the uh, super chat. No, don't do that. Just open another window if you can. Okay. This is ridiculous. I wonder what has caused this. Um. Yeah, it just looks like YouTube's being a bad boy. What Thank the you. heck? Look at this. Hmm. Oh. Data is currently unavailable. What? for our videos well if anyone is still watching this uh we we appreciate you hanging through with this and i think it's uh we can just let's just continue just in case yeah no i agree and i want you to have the uh what's it called in the background just to make sure we're still up i'm trying so, now my phone's having issues even on data interesting yeah so maybe youtube's actually having issues yeah uh okay i am bringing it up here and um audio i good. mean there's a, i can't see any any kind of uh comments or anything but yeah it looks like it's still going yeah okay so there's potentially people okay can see so this. guys okay. sorry sorry for that long thing we're just going to continue anyway yeah okay so after this guy has Steve, all those little bits and pieces i launched the united nations strategy and plan of action on hate speech to enhance united nations efforts against this scourge as we combat the pandemic we have a duty to protect people and stigma and prevent violence let's defeat hate speech and COVID-19 together. All right, so anyway, speaking about hate speech and uh, and whatnot, can you tell everybody what the Global Times has just released? Now, for all of those uninitiated, China and Taiwan are separate countries, but China believes that it's its rightful territory to take back from democratic Taiwan. Mm -hmm. Now, what happened, this is what triggered this, was t Taiwan formally relinquished the idea or relinquished the... Mm -hmm. um, the law that says we are the rightful rulers of China. Actually, we're just going to have Taiwan. We have our own democracy, our freedom, everything. Yeah. And China actually got mad. It sounds, you know, the uninitiated would be like, why wouldn't they be happy about that? You sure. know? No, the reason is, is because the Republic of China, the one that kind of had status quo with mainland China, the PRC, mm -hmm. they're not in power anymore. 
The independent party's in power, and that's China's worst nightmare is for Taiwan to be on the global stage and recognize as a country. Because then they formally lose the territory. And so many people or countries are starting to wake up and see that Taiwan is actually the the reasonable person to deal with in that part of the world. Because, you know, they first of all dealt with this pandemic fantastically Mm. better than most countries every country yeah they are the best they know exactly how to deal with it they had a fantastic uh, rate they've been donating good quality masks to places like canada and the u.s and australia etc yeah they've been helping people with actual aid where china's been doing this kind of like i will we will only donate if you praise us kind of thing and then when they do donate they either ask for payment or it turns out that all the masks and stuff are faulty and and bad quality anyway so Mm. the chinese communist party has always uh you know basically i could say every month threaten war against taiwan to take it back yeah it's all a puff piece they're a paper tiger they won't do this because it could potentially lead to a much bigger global crisis china has no formal military allies america is allied with taiwan is our bunch of countries basically that would come yeah. to back them up so the global times just points this out and keep in mind the ccp you might think of it as an evil dictatorship but they like to promote this international image that they're a peaceful nation sure doves flying in the air yeah we only care about international stability they yeah. say landing exercises and this is the communist party by the way landing exercises aimed at taking over islands have become the hashtag pla that must be a trending tag yeah regular training sessions dongsha penghu and taiwan are all islands if Taiwan secessionists insist on secession, military exercises can turn into action at any time. <laughs> well, that's so peaceful, isn't it? I mean, so they're basically saying we're training to take you over, and if you don't shut up and do what we say, we're going to take you over. Yeah. That's what they're saying. Yeah. yeah. And there's going to be a lot of heat, and we'll cover this probably in the next podcast, when the presidential inauguration happens, when yeah. Tsai Ing-wen actually gets inaugurated. America, the U.S. actually sent over military ships around Taiwan just in case something yeah, happens just in case around something that happens, time. Yeah, which is good because it very well might. Sure, yeah. sure. Oh, um, man, well, this this is a, a terrible way to wrap up today because we can't... Well, we, we're going to still answer... You know, no, you, know, you know what we can what? do? What is I will export all of these Super Chats, mm-hmm. and either we can do a separate video... Mm-hmm. Uh, about that or we can put them into the next one as well it's up sure. to you because we don't know it could they could be wasted if we talk about them now yeah I we don't know so. if anyone can see this okay you know let's, what I mean? let's do that so i'll export all of your super chats they did not go to waste we will definitely answer them yeah um if it's not on video check our community post actually why don't we answer them on community post yeah you know what can. i mean we can do that no we won't why not we can do That's... it on video oh on we'll video. post it on community yeah. okay so sure. go to the adv podcast community tab mm-hmm and click that probably tomorrow. Yeah. We'll put out a little video where we answered all of these. Sounds good. And then you guys can watch it. Okay? Sounds perfect. Yeah. All right. Thank you very much, everyone, for watching. We apologize for these last-minute uh, problems. Obviously, this is not our fault. This is yeah. a, a YouTube thing. But uh, it sucks that we had to kind of cut it short like this. We have a lot more to discuss on the apologies, subject. Apologies, guys. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it is what it is. It is um, what it is. And we will definitely answer your questions tomorrow. Don't worry. Absolutely. It'll be up. Keep track everybody of what's going on in china and especially with these the the people infiltrating perhaps your university perhaps your business just be mindful Mm. that this kind of thing could be going on tomorrow i will be doing a live stream on my channel if of course it works because who knows um and i will be discussing you know a very sort of obvious question is china actually our friend I'm going to find out. That's good. Anyway, I'll speak to you all tomorrow. And until next time, you know the drill. As always, stay awesome, guys.